humans, hello humans, hello humans of the world. Hello, it's me, Ellie Krug on Ellie 2.0 Radio and lovely AM 950, speaking to you from the bunker in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. How are you? Happy Saturday. I am thrilled, just thrilled to be here. Of late, we have been bringing you, I think, if I do say so myself, some phenomenal shows about idealists and idealism. And I think that this show will certainly continue that trend. The big interview is with Mickey Morissette, publisher and editor of Minnesota Women's Press. She will be talking about a new initiative the publication has undertaken. MWP, as we call it, is the oldest feminist publication in the country. And lucky us, it's headquartered right here in the Twin Cities. Um, in my C block, as always, I'm going to talk a little bit about my work as an idealist. But here in the A block, uh, where we highlight idealists, I want to do a little picture painting first. Right now, in America, there is a very real and growing movement to control school boards, school districts, and the education of students, all with the express goal of abruptly stopping the liberal-oriented culture change that our country has been experiencing since the 1960s and that has been accelerated by the murder of George Floyd. Part of this pushback is coming from the top, such as in Florida with Senate Bill 148, also called the Freedom Bill, uh which bars any teaching that could make students feel responsible for any historic wrongs because of their skin color or their sex or national origin. This bill not only applies to teachers, educators, but it also applies to employers. I have no doubt it's going to pass in Florida. That would actually, just parenthetically here, mean that Ellie Krug can't go and train in Florida. I don't make people feel uncomfortable. No, no, that's wrong. I don't make, I don't blame people for slavery, okay? All right? That's not anybody's fault here. But I do make them uncomfortable by talking about it. So check off Florida for my work. Okay, uh, back to our scripted remarks. Uh, uh, and in Texas, Governor, Governor Abbott, you know that guy, is pushing the, quote, parent bill of rights, which provides that if teachers give their students obscene materials, that's the phrase, the teachers could be, get this, stripped of their teaching license, they, they would be forced to forfeit their pension rights and then be put on a do not hire list. Okay, that's, so you tell me if that bill passes, you tell me what teacher is going to take any kind of risk in any way. Um, There are also – so that's at the top. There are also various conservative groups like the Heritage Foundation and this thing called Moms for Liberty. Uh Talk about oxymoron. That believe uh, obscenity um, uh, is so bad, Okay, that obscenity – remember, we're hanging on to that phrase – that obscenity uh, encompasses a book by Dr. King that has pictures – of peaceful black protesters being pushed against a wall by a high-pressure fire hose. They believe that's obscene because the water from the fire hose tore off some of the clothing of the protesters. And no, no, we can't allow – we cannot allow uh, young humans to see that image because of that. And it is books that I now want to focus on. 
Okay, the banning of books, to be specific. Uh, yesterday, we heard about the McGinn, the McGinn County Board of Education in Tennessee banning from its eighth grade language arts curriculum the 1992 Pulitzer Prize winning book, the graphic novel Mouse by Art Spiegelman. They banned it because it contains some swear words. Oh, my God. I think it's eight swear words. All right. And an image of female nudity. Um, now, remember, this is this is about yeah, this is this is mouse is is the Holocaust, but using animals. All right. Using animals to to lay out what the Holocaust was all about. So uh, the, the animals are uh, Jews are mice, uh, Poles are pigs and Nazi German Nazi Germans are cats. Okay, but this school board in, in Tennessee has banned it, has report, banned the book now, okay? As reported by an, a CNBC story by Dan Magnan, the school board said it believed Mouse was, quote, too adult-oriented for use in our schools, unquote. All of this eventually gets us to our idealists, four young women, all students at Granbury High School in Granbury, Texas, a town of about 11,000, located 20 or so miles southwest of Fort Worth. We're talking uh, conservative country. As reported in the Readout blog on MSNBC in a piece written by Jahan Jones, the four high school students um, all commented on an effort by the school board to review and potentially ban hundreds of books from its school libraries. Again, a little bit more about Texas. You may recall that Texas State, a Texas State Senator compiled a list of 850 books, which he believes are obscene, should not be allowed in Texas schools. Half of those books are LGBTQ focused and another sizable percentage are about the oppression of black and brown people. I would also like to note in this school district, there is no teaching of, of uh, high school sex ed. One of and and so, at a school board meeting this week, four students, all all young women, not a man, all young women, stood up to oppose what their school board was going to do about re, it's reviewing hundreds of books that are on that eight hundred and fifty um, title list. They're reviewing those books about, and then they're going to be taking them out of the school, out of the library. One of the young women said this. Now, there's only one name that I have in the story. I could only find one name. So one of the women who is not named but is a student at Granbury High School said, quote, no government and public schools, no government and public school is an extension of government, has ever banned books and banned information from its public and been remembered in history as the good guys. Another woman uh, said, quote, it's plain and simple. If you don't like it, put the book down. No one is forcing you to read it. Wake up to the reality that we are all different and we should embrace each other with love, not blatant hate. There was a, a third student who spoke, but it is the fourth student, the fourth student that I would like you to hear from yourselves. OK, and here is a clip. Um uh, and, uh, uh, again, I don't have the name of the student, but here's a clip about how she so eloquently, she's a senior at high school, how she so eloquently laid out 
what the school board was doing was wrong. Senior at Grand Bay High School, um, whenever I first heard about this book banning, or we are aware that it's not a book banning, but more of a book review, we do know that, I didn't really... At first, I just I didn't care all that much because I'm a senior. I graduated four months, and I thought nobody really goes to the library much anymore. But now, more that I thought about it, the more I realize how ridiculous this is. I am queer. I am brown, and I'm very proud of that. And I am well aware of the censorship that has happened to my people over the centuries. I'm well aware of this, and I think it is horrible. And I don't think that little children should be shocked or disgusted by our identities and by the books and even people who don't identify with those identities. There were books. One was called I'm Pregnant, Now What Do I Do? for Teen Pregnancy, Sexual Education, which we don't have at the high school. We have no sex ed. Um, So teen pregnancy, sexual ed, LGBTQ+, like love stories and safety and race and activism, which has been so important in my identity as one that is the direct result of colonialism and the survival of my people. And I think it's disgusting that even in 2022, we still have to have these discussions about censorship. Thank you. Those were the words of a very, very idealistic human. Think of the bravery that it took for her and the other three young women to stand in front of the school board and to tell them that they were wrong. One of the, one of the uh, other women um, – hold on a second. I'll get you her name. Her name uh, was uh, um, Kennedy Tackett. Tackett. She was a senior. She's a senior as well. She had created a petition – that had gained uh, 654 signatures. I think that she was able to do that like in a day. Listen, those young people, those four young women standing up to the school board in Granbury, Texas, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a whole lot of that because right now in this country, this book band, we, 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 we're just seeing the, the beginnings of it. And it's horrific. It is. And think, of course, about you ban books in your schools. What message does it send to to kids who are different or other? Uh, Because essentially what you are doing is you're banning stories that are like theirs. You're banning them. What message does it send? And for small towns like Granbury, come on. How many of those students are going to stick around? No idea. But they're not going to stay. I mean, they just simply won't want to stay after that kind of stuff. They don't. Okay. All right. Well, listen. Uh, Thank God for our young idealists. Okay. Read up on it and keep paying attention to these book bands. All right, when we come back from our break, we'll be speaking to Mickey Morissette from Minnesota Women's Press. Um, if you like what you hear, visit my website at ellikrug.com. Sign up for my newsletter, The Ripple. People love my newsletter. Um, and we'll be back in a second. Thanks.
And we're back to Ellie 2.0 Radio. Ellie Krug here. Um, all right. Now, check out literally what's going on across the country about all of those book bans. And our young idealists, they are, as I said, they are models for all of us. So there you go. All right. Now it's the big interview. And I am just absolutely thrilled to have uh, Mickey Morissette, the publisher and editor of Minnesota Women's Press, here on the line with me. Mickey, are you there? I am. Nice to talk to you again, Ellie. Oh, Mickey, it's great to have you back. We had you on maybe a year and a half ago, and I wanted to have you back um, because Minnesota Women's Press, MWP to uh, the professionals, is really <laughs> knocking it out of the park and so but mickey before we go down the road we got to do a couple of disclaimers right first we got to let yep. everybody know that i regularly although i missed it this month i regularly write for minnesota women's press i have a you know i have a piece almost every month that runs and secondly yep. i'm an advisor to uh mwp on uh, one of its initiatives what we're going to be talking about the change makers alliance right Yep, that's right. And uh, I'd also add you were instrumental in our January issue, which was about fear. That was really an idea that came from you, and it was a very popular issue. People loved the fact that we were bringing up the fact that fear is something we don't talk about enough, and you're the one that said we needed to do it. So thank you for that. Oh, Mickey, thank you. I Thanks, thanks. And I'm glad, you know, we, gotta, we have to label things, and then if we don't label them, we can't get – can't get past them, right? You know, so. Yep. Okay, yep. well, listen, Mickey, give us the, you know, the, you know, the one minute, nine, nine, one, one, uh, no, two, one, one explanation about MWP. It's the oldest feminist owned publication in the country, but tell us more about it. Yep. Thanks, Ellie. Yes, we're the longest-running, continuously published feminist publication of the country, started in 1985. I took over as publisher and editor four years ago. My big initiative at the beginning was to get much more broad about our diversity of storytellers and topics, which we have been doing, um, and to improve the website, which we have done. Uh, and Hold on, hold on. I'm going to interrupt you right there. Prove the website. <laughs> Let everybody know what happened last night, okay, about your website. Last night we got uh, awarded by the Minnesota Newspaper Association first place in our division uh, for our website, for womenspress.com, which is really wonderful. Our, our photographer, Sarah Whiting, also got a prize, uh, an award for her portrait photography. Yes. Um, and so, and a lot of the website, in addition to the amazing stories that we get to profile all the time, it also includes a lot of wonderful photography from Sarah. So she was there last night for an actual live ceremony. And yes, we're very proud, very, very proud that okay. our website site. Absolutely. I, I just had, Mickey, I just had to stop you right there, okay, and let everybody know. All right, keep going on with your explanation about MWP. Yep. So my third initiative that I wanted to do when I bought the publication was to expand more conversations into greater Minnesota. We were preparing to do that when the pandemic hit. So that, of course, stopped our ability to do in person. But since we started to develop a really good rapport with people in doing in uh, Zoom conversations, group interviews, a variety of other forums that we were able to do online, we just in January started to expand what that means for us 
Texas, and we're starting to develop something that we're calling Change Makers Alliance, to which you have been an advisor because you've been long also advising about the fact that we really need more statewide, urban to rural, um, suburban, etc., conversations around the issues that affect all of us in this state. So Change Makers Alliance is trying to take a step beyond storytelling to actually gather people in conversation on a regular basis and take action steps together. And we, we kicked it off a couple weeks ago, and it's, um, it's exciting. There's a lot going on around it. Well, it is. And, and, and uh, let's uh, just make sure we get clear. If listeners want to find out more about MWP, give the website uh, address, would you, and, and tell them how they can find it online. Yep, thanks. Uh, womenspress.com is our general website. The Changemakers Alliance that we'll be talking about is at womenspress.com slash changemakers uh, hyphen alliance. Okay, great. All right, and and uh, the the nickname for Changemakers Alliance is Call, right? <laughs> call, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, let's talk about this. All right, um, first of all, kind of lay the land out here for us as to how what's going on in our state. As, as far, I mean, you've got feelers out in different parts of the state. You've developed relationships with with um, uh, a lot of women, but also some men in other parts of the state. What give give us the landscape as you're seeing it right now about what's going on relative to us communicating and our, how we're how we're so divided. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many different things to talk about there. You know, as as you know, there's a lot of polarization all over the country and certainly in our state as well around how to deal with public safety, uh, where to put our state budget, which, of course, we have a surplus to decide this year. Uh, how to divide that between education, mental health, the housing crisis, public safety issues. These are huge topics that are all interconnected, and there's both a lot of frustration that we haven't come to agreements about how we want to handle even our environmental issues, right. but also how to um, how to uh, f- figure out not only how to have these conversations, but the fact that they are long simmering issues. And it's also, you know, we're all tired and weary about how we're handling um, the racism and uh, achievement gaps and everything else that we're facing, lack of affordable housing. Um, So it's time to really roll up our sleeves in a more serious way. And that means just going beyond just talking about things and sharing stories about things and really connecting all around the state about how to actually make a difference in these things. So a lot of Changemakers Alliance has come about from the what I've heard about the frustration people have about the slow pace, but also the <clears throat> excitement in the local communities about what people are able to do about it. even welcoming new refugees. We've got right. Afghan refugees coming in. So there are... There's a lot of excitement, as you know. That's why I love Women's Press. We're always just talking to women who have solutions and are working towards solving problems. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to try to bring more of them together in the same room. You know, it's so necessary and it is so needed. I know that um, in the you, you have had the ear of the governor on occasion. Am I right mm-hmm. about that? 
Yeah, we had a conversation last year along with Peggy Flanagan um, and in a collaborative conversation that we did with the uptake uh, related to, especially my questions were related to healing trauma. I also connected last week with some legislators to be able to ask something around the gun violence issues that we're facing and the priorities as we enter a new legislative Good. session. Good. Good. All right. Well, Mickey, we're going to have to take a break. Um, and But when we come back, I want to talk more about Changemakers Alliance. I also want to talk more about what you're what you were hearing, have been hearing about fear. OK, because I think it's just so important that we just start talking about that because it's permeates our state. It's not just, you know, people in the, you know, in the cities that are afraid or people out in rural. Everybody is afraid. OK. All right. Uh, Listeners, we'll be back in a second. You're listening to me, Ellie Krug, on Ellie 2.0 Radio. And we will be back. Thanks. And she was lying in the grass. And she could hear the highway breathing. And she could see an How long till my soul gets it right? Did any human being ever reach that kind of light? I call on the resting soul of Galileo, King of Night. And we're back. Ellie 2.0 Radio on lovely AM 950. Uh, we're in the midst of the of the big interview with Mickey Morissette, the publisher and editor of Minnesota Women's Press. Mickey, before we took our break, we, you started to talk about the Changemakers Alliance and also uh, um, about, you know, your recent issue. You talked about you wanted to go and, and address the question of fear. And talk to me a little bit more about how fear is playing into all of this, all of the division, you know, what, yep. how, how is that all interrelated? Yep. Yeah. You know, fear, uh, as, as we've had a lot of conversations in the past year about how fear drives so much of what we do and don't do, um, largely because we don't talk about it. Um, and we don't talk about it with each other. So it does drive a lot of the emotional reasons behind what we're doing and what we think the answers and solutions are, especially around public safety. So what we did for our January issues, we actually put out a survey. Um, we got yep. several hundred people around the state that took the survey, gave us a, just a little bit of a snapshot, at least of those people who took the survey, which not everybody does, but we, we got a good sense. And the biggest thing that people reported they were afraid of was actually the political polarization in our state and in our country. So that was very interesting mm-hmm. to me that that is front and center. Climate change certainly is up there. White supremacists, gun violence, mental health. Health issues also very top of mind. And of course, these are all big issues, which is why it can be hard to develop momentum around solving them. Um, so th- part of the next step then is we did this issue in January to kind of unpack it a little bit. And what we're going to do in 2022, which we're calling the Year of Solutions, is to use the new Changemakers Alliance, the call groups and teams to really talk each month in in their own subgroups about whatever issues they're most interested in talking about and working towards figuring out solutions. What I can tell you is that in the very first conversation we did in January, a couple of the women, and it included people from at this point, 36 cities around the state. Oh, so I was really I love pleased. It. I yep, love it. Yep. Love it. 
Okay, yep, go yep, on. <laughs> all over. And two two of the women, one who lives near the South Dakota border and another woman that lives in Blaine, they started, they didn't, you know, nobody knew each other. And they started talking about the fact that one of them is a clinical psychologist. She is so concerned about the mental health issues that we're going to have even after the pandemic lifts, mm-hmm, if, right. if that happens. And, and that she said there's just not going to be enough therapists in the world to deal with the emotional fallout of what we've been going through the last few years, how the polarization and the fear from last year's insurrection, all of that stuff that we just are not unpacking, what impact that has. And we're not going to be able to all have one-on-one sessions with therapists. So what is it that we can do as a community to create better health around all the trauma we're experiencing and, of course, all of the general generational trauma we have never unpacked um, well or or dealt with well. So this is kind of what Changemakers Alliance is all about. It's it's kind of it, it I've always thought I'm an experimental kind of journalist. <laughs> yep. I've been involved in journalism for decades. And for Well me, you wrote a you wrote a groundbreaking <laughs> book, Mickey. Yes. <laughs> you know, about yes. uh, single parenthood. So that was yep. pretty experimental. Yep. So there you go. Yes. <laughs> and and so for me the biggest frustration cuz I'm later in my career now and as I think about the the years that I have to do what I have mm-hmm. with this storytelling vehicle it's really about how to put the storytelling in the hands of community we've been very good at being able to recruit and network and build trust with a lot of diverse voices over the last few years but what I also want to do is try to create a structure so that there is much more input of I mean the big thing is usually on traditional newsroom it's a small group of editors and reporters on a beat that decide what the stories are and then they go out and tell them as kind of almost a day-to-day compilation well what we want to do with the uniqueness of the first person narratives we have with women's press is have many more people all around the state involved in that process of figuring out what the stories are so that's that's what we're aiming for starting this year well and that's great ownership of course and you know the i mean once people start to mickey once people start to feel that they have some sense of ownership they have some 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 maybe even minuscule input on change on getting things better they become so much more invested don't they and and yeah. and then it's contagious because then they share that within their circles and other yeah. people think okay well maybe we can do that mickey i got to tell you the most important thing i've heard you say i mean you've heard said a lot of stuff that's important but it's the 36 cities mickey yeah yeah, I was so pleased. Um, I was so pleased. And, you know, the idea is that word of mouth, because um, what we want to do, we're not trying to like blanket the whole state. We really wanted people to show up who were so engaged with what we were trying to build that they were first in the door. And then we kind of, we bit by bit, it doesn't have to be huge at the beginning. We get really acquainted with each other, build those relationships and build that trust with each other. And then we keep expanding we keep getting more people to sign up it's actually going to be a membership driven model so we have beginning members already doing five dollars a month to help support i've talked to several great candidates this week who are going to help me build this we've got foundations interested in and in potentially providing support we actually were just
just submitted for a, a second round in a national competition. We're one of 10 involved in civic, new civic engagement media that got recognized as one of 10 that now we'll find out if we, if we win money from that. Um, okay. So okay. It's, I think it's an idea that people, including in the media industry, are ready for is 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 putting is trying to create stories that are beyond just the day to day reporting that we're so used to. Well, and, and, and so the five dollars, though, OK, is that to support yeah. MWP or is that to support the Changemakers Alliance? It's to support Changemakers Alliance. Okay. We uh, need, we need, you know, we have a, the magazine itself has a team of five people plus a few, plus all the freelance writers we work with and copy editing, et cetera. So Changemakers Alliance needs a new group of people involved. And of course, we're still digging out of the pandemic right. revenue loss. So this is new. It's, it's to be able to bring in a, what we're calling a collaboration editor, a series of project team leaders, develop better website tools tools, do video editing. Actually, I recent, I just talked with, uh, we may be working with a group of foster youth who have graduated out as, and have them be reporters, wow. um, talking wow. about experience and trauma. You know, there's a <clears throat> lot of ways to be able to do this, but it is going to need more people um, uh, to help and then have have them work on the newsletter and work with me on, on really getting to know members no. all around the state. So hold on, we, uh, because I, I I, right now, I know that there are listeners that are like, okay, the $5, how do I do that? So how does somebody donate $5 a whole, you know, this, we're talking, we're not even talking like a top end latte. Um, how do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> how, how do, how do, how do we do that? How do we, and, and by the way, I, I, I will be signing up for it. So as soon as you tell me how to do it, so go ahead. Cool. Yes, if you go to womenspress.com and then slash changemakers hyphen alliance, you're going to find what our membership models are, what our future conversations are going to be about. Who there? We also have a wonderful group of early donors who has who have donated so that those that can't do the five dollars a month can still become members. They just need to ask. We've had quite a few people that really donated above and beyond so that we can build that um, options. So so Changemakers Alliance is the story on our website um, and everything will sort of feed out of that. It gives you a lot of information. Okay. Okay. Now, um, does the governor know about Changemakers Alliance? I mean, does, is, is that is the administration aware of this? Not yet, except today we just launched our big package around especially housing. Equity and, and housing. So yep. Go ahead. Equity and housing. And so we have people at the state level who like we, we interviewed Commissioner Ho, who's been working on the uh, housing issue. So there are people now in the departments that are starting to become aware of what we're doing. I imagine we'll eventually let the governor and well, Peggy Flanagan's been a, a, a yep. supporter of ours. And then we've got several senators um, and and uh, representatives that are aware of what we're doing as well. So once they kind of get all all the new session going and kicking off, we will let them know what we're building. OK, well, they need to know it and we need that kind of support. And, yeah. you know, and and it's just it's just about word of mouth. I mean, Mickey, what you're doing is you're building grassroots OK, yeah, you know, and we, yep. you know, in Minnesota, because there's 
you know, particularly people who live outside the Twin Cities, they feel that they're invisible. They feel that they don't have any kind of a say. We need to give them a say, you know, and we need to start with women because it is women who are the who are the change makers. They are. Yep. Yep. So. I would. Yeah. I, I mean, a big part of the value uh, of what we're able to build because of the network of women is they're very, co- we're very collaborative in nature, yep. very cooperative. It's not about competition. It's not about who has the best idea that just gets to get, get all of the money. It's about how do we do this so that more people can be involved, that have a voice, um, and that can really help solve things as a group. So that's a big part of it. I would also say, you know, we're very we're both frustrated in general and weary because there are so many big things. But the other thing that, as you know, is great is when you talk to all of the people who are on the ground doing things, it just fills you with hope and inspiration mm-hmm. about the fact. I mean, that's what I've always loved about the stories I do with women's press is you, I'm just all automatically talking to people who are doing amazing things in their communities or around their issues. And, and, and I've always thought it was sort of unfair that I get access to all of these people. And that's what kind of led to this also is if we could all get into virtual rooms as we're doing now and eventually some in-person conversations and recognize how many of us are lights in the world, that will help the fact that it's just it kind of exhausting sometimes. <laughs> well, there are so many people that are lights. And actually, I believe everybody has a story. Everybody has yeah. a story. And when yeah. we start to hear those stories, we're like, wait a minute. This person isn't really that different than me, you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. Well, how we break down those barriers. All right, Mickey, I've got yeah. a minute. That's all I've got left. Tell me, tell us again why you're an idealist. What made Um, you an idealist? Yep. I am an idealist because I do believe, as you do, that people are good at heart. And the (laughs) reason people aren't always acting that way is, as you know, uh, largely because of fear. Um, uh, And if we can kind of unroot and have conversations with each other as real people, as opposed to just political conversations and issues and lightning rods, that is what brings us together. We see it collectively. I was in, you know, New York for 9/11. I saw so much of the 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 what came together at that point. That's what people are and are mm-hmm. capable of. So, so for me and because I'm a storyteller, I'm always just able to see the 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 things that people have stories to share and how important that is in that relationship of things and because we're relationship people that's what we just need to build more of and then um i think we'll be able to solve a lot more and so that's why i'm an idealist we are we are people people um and when we connect with each other truly and sincerely um it really can help drop a lot of stuff that is artificially dividing us. Oh, Mickey, I love it. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing and your team. Please let them know I said that. Um, You've got a great group of folks at Minnesota Women's Press. Uh, Listen, I'll have you back on in maybe a year. We'll find out what's going on, okay? What progress you've made, all right? Okay. Thank you so much, Ellie. Oh, thanks for being on Ellie 2.0 Radio. Okay, listeners. Well, listen, that was Mickey Morissette from Minnesota Women's Press. Go check them out at minnesotawomenspress.com and 
Um, and consider, please, um, becoming a member with the Changemakers Alliance. When we come back from the break, I'll give you my C-block about me as an idealist. Thanks. Kelly 2.0 Radio. Uh, Mickey Morissette. You know what? Um, I am just so thankful that, first of all, that she likes my writing and allows my writing to be on their website. If you actually go to Minnesota Women's Press right now, uh, you will see that she actually reprinted reprinted parts of my newsletter, uh, The Ripple. And so I'm just honored that she thinks my writing is worthy to share with the world. Um, but apart from that, we are darn lucky to have her um, because she she is got a wealth of experience and wonderful perspective. And on top of that, she's just a darn nice person. That's why I was so happy to offer up, you know, my totally unsolicited advice about some things because, of course, that's what I do. Um, but thankfully, she treats me with respect and, and uh, she seems to value what I have to say because I certainly value what she has to say. All right. Enough about that. All right. This C block, uh, we don't have a whole lot of time. Uh, we chewed up some of it on other segments. But I want to talk to you about something that I stumbled into this week and um, it goes back to our book bands and it goes back to – you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure I've talked about this in the past on this show but I love librarians. I do. I mean, I am a huge fan, like really, really big fan of librarians. I believe librarians are the last keepers of the truth. They are. When everything else is gone, it will be the librarians who will have the truth. That They, they will be the last ones to lose the truth. They will keep it too. And boy, I don't know if you've ever met many librarians, but boy, they are very passionate about what they do. Thank God they, they are. So I love librarians and I've spoken to a number of library groups in the past. But I, I stumbled into this week an idea and I don't – I saw something and I'm like, oh, you know, why don't you – Ellie, why don't you do this? And so um, this week on Twitter and on LinkedIn, I announced that for any library in America, any library, if they want a copy of my book, Getting to Ellen, a memoir about love, honesty and gender change – they want a copy of my book. I will send them a book, uh, inscribed even, if they want that, at no charge. I'll pay for the postage even. Um, and, uh, and I will do that. So, and, and, you know, in my book, trust me, um, you know, I don't know how uh, well-known the book is, although I, I know it's in a lot of libraries already. Um, I don't know if it's on one. I don't know if it's part of that 850 banned books in Texas, but I can guarantee you that once somebody starts to read my book, they're going to believe. Some people will believe that it it's not appropriate for any human, okay? Because of course it's about a topic about being transgender and about 
you know, trying to figure things out in my life and about some of it's about love. Some there's a little bit of sex in it, not a whole lot, but I do use, you know, words about body parts that I'm sure would be, you know, threatening to purient minds. Um, but so I put that out there and listeners, A, if you're a librarian and you want a copy of my book in your library, reach out to me at L.E.J. Krug. Remember to include the J, L.E.J. Krug at gmail.com. Let me know. We'll make it work. And if you know a librarian, um, please let them know about my offer. I've got to figure out a way to get this offer even larger so that it gets out to the world more uh, than what it is just simply on LinkedIn and, and uh, Twitter. Yes, I'll put it on Facebook. Um, you know, beyond that, I don't know how I'm going to get the, the offer promoted, but well, I, I'll put it on uh, the Human Ripple Works, uh, Human Ripple Works uh, Inc. website. That is a nonprofit that I am, that is, uh, I'm related to that, that, um, also helps to support my work. Um, but, but, you know, and it's, you know, it's really not much to do this, uh, but I'm going to do it. And, and I'm working on book two. And when book two is done, I'll do the same thing. Uh, when book two comes out, you know, um, we just have to use our imaginations, but most of all, we need to use our energy. You heard Mickey talk about the divide. That's the thing that everybody's afraid of more, more than anything else. They're afraid of the political divide and what it may mean for our country. We will not be able to get past that fear without being brave, without using our imagination. Think of those four idealists in the A block, the courage. It's the only way we're going to get there, everyone. And I, uh, I have my moments where I do worry whether we collectively have the courage. So um, maybe sharing my book and my story, maybe it will help someone. Certainly it makes a, it makes a statement. Okay, well, listen, that's the end of our show. Uh, I hope you have enjoyed it. Um, for the next couple of shows, I'm going to be live. On, yep, you'll hear me live. You'll be able to call in and talk to me. So there you go. A big thanks to my producer, Patrick. He's had to do a little bit of math again today, but Patrick always comes through. And to my listeners, to you, a big thanks. I am hearing from people literally across the world who are listening to this show. Tell others about it, please. Share about this work. Share about the fact that we have so many idealists in the world that people are willing to try and work to make the world a better place. And for you, specifically, listener, between now and next week, go out and do something, please, to try and make the world better. Thanks so very much. Talk to you next week. Ellie Krug, signing out. Bye. Well, then I guess I just